It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Final from Provo, Arkansas. Out of the SEC comes into Lavelle Edwards Stadium and hands BYU a 52-35 loss. Both teams now with a record of 4 and 3 Cougars falling to 4 and 3 Razorbacks improving to 4 and 3 the Razorbacks with the victory snapping their three game losing streak BYU now riding a two game skid next week on the road at Liberty that game will get underway at 1.30 Mountain Time. We will have a pregame coverage for you here on the new skin BYU Sports Network beginning at 11.30 a.m. Cougar Post Game Live is presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Tough game for the BYU defense, giving up 644 total yards. Very curious to hear the postgame comments from head coach Kalani Satake. We've got the monitor up showing the feed into the postgame interview room uh, as soon as Kalani and the players get down there. Uh, and are ready to speak. We'll make sure we get you that audio. Uh, In the meantime, let's update you on some other action going on in college football. Uh, It's a good one between Tennessee and Alabama. It's been going back and forth early in this game. The Volunteers had a pretty sizable lead over the Crimson Tide, which was shocking to actually look at it. But then it was kind of back and forth. Right now, they're under three and a half minutes to go. And it's number six, Tennessee 49, and number three, Alabama 49. So all knotted up at 49 and it looks like uh tennessee has the football they are uh, in overtime and it's uh let's see here it is 36 37 tcu with a one point lead over the cowboys fourth quarter action between number 25 james madison they are on the road at georgia southern georgia southern leading james madison 34 to 31 six and a half minutes to go in the fourth finals from earlier today number five michigan defeating number 10 penn state 41 to 17 Ole miss gets the win at home over auburn 48 to 34 oklahoma after some Really head-scratching performances the last couple of weeks. Rebounds at home in Norman. They took down number 19, Kansas, 52-42. to That's two straight losses for the Kansas Jayhawks after beginning the season at 5-0. Oklahoma now 4-3. 22nd-ranked Texas. They rally to defeat Iowa State in Austin, 24 24- to 21 they avoid the upset number 24 illinois gets the win over minnesota 26 to 14 number one georgia shuts out vanderbilt 55 nothing is the final score and number 18 syracuse defeating 15th ranked nc state 24 to 9 the games in the top 25 that have yet to kick off number four clemson on the road at florida state tonight 16th ranked mississippi
Mississippi State at number 22, Kentucky, and number 7, USC at number 20, Utah. That game will kick off at Rice-Eccles Stadium in about 45 minutes from now. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back, hopefully get you down to the uh, post-game press conference interview room and let you hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Uh, If not, we'll get to some other storylines as we continue on with Cougar Post Game Live presented by Big O Tires on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. BYU falls at home to Arkansas 52-35, and 4-3, the record for both the Cougars and the Razorbacks today. Welcome back into the press box here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Still awaiting Kalani Satake addressing the media. As soon as that happens, we'll let you hear that audio. This is one of those uh, interesting games. Look, we know Arkansas was just offensively just phenomenal tonight. 644 total yards. And it's interesting. You look at the rushing yards, 277 yards, and obviously that's fantastic. Now, you had one big run of 64 yards, and believe me, you take that off, it's still over 200 yards. I, I don't want to say that they didn't have a good day rushing the football because they absolutely did. But for a team that, uh, that coming in, we had all focused so much on the fact that Arkansas was going to run the ball and run the ball, and that's what you had to worry about. You certainly had to worry about it today, but what really hurt BYU was what K.J. Jefferson did through the air, the passing numbers, 367 yards, and that's what really did BYU in, and the Cougars just had no answer, unfortunately, for the passing game of the Razorbacks. But on the BYU side of things, this is where when you, if you go just by the numbers, they're very, very misleading. Total yards, 471 yards, you're thinking of offense, that, that's a really good day, and it was. Typically, you have over four, close to 500 yards of offense, you score 35 points at home, more times than not, you're going to assume you win those games. You have 356 yards passing, 115 rushing yards on the ground, a bulk of those coming in the second half because going into halftime, BYU only had 29 yards. But So the, the numbers on offense look good. Unfortunately, Arkansas able to just rack up too many yards. The BYU defense just struggling today to get off of the field and you know we saw time and time again even when Arkansas was being put in a third and long situation you know they were able to make plays through the air and I think that's probably the thing that surprises me the most and we knew that KJ Jefferson was a dual threat quarterback we just didn't necessarily see the dual part of him being a threat because the really where he was the threat today was using his arm 367 and five touchdowns on the afternoon. We'll take another break, come back, hopefully hear from Kalani when we return. 35, excuse me, 52-35, Arkansas defeating BYU on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 52-35, BYU falls to the Arkansas Razorbacks back out on the road for the Cougars next week. They'll be in Lynchburg taking on Liberty. 
an afternoon game, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Cougar pregame live will start at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live. It is presented by Big O Tires. I know sometimes after a loss it's difficult to try and uh, focus on some of the bright spots in the game, but there were several for the BYU Cougars And I think the first thing I look at, I mean, look, Jaron Hall, yes, he had the one interception, and it did lead directly to a touchdown. In fact, both of the turnovers that BYU had uh, in that first half led directly to 14 points. And really, that was was where this changed. Things the, The two teams were going back and forth and back and forth. And I, I thought the analogy that Greg used in terms of uh, broke serve, using a tennis phrase, I, I thought that uh, that described it perfectly because you're going back and forth and volley after volley, and finally somebody breaks the set. And somebody finally gets that, that stop. And that was the fourth and inches play where BYU unfortunately could not get the center to quarterback exchange. Cougars fumble it. And, uh, like, first of all, I thought he had the first down anyway. Referees went back, they reviewed it, said he was just short, uh, and then obviously things. But from that point on, the dynamic and the momentum changed for BYU. And because of that turnover and then the interception, those both immediately following touchdowns, so 14 points off those two, it, it changed everything. But so, so with that, though, Jaron Hall still 26 of 41, 356 yards, and three touchdowns. Another good day for Christopher Brooks, 10 for 53. Jaron Hall rushed for 23. I I thought Cody Epps was absolutely brilliant today. And it seems like game after game, he is stepping up and becoming an absolute superstar in this offense. Nine receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. Puka Nakua, eight, 141, and also a receiving touchdown, his first receiving touchdown of the season. Puka also with two rushing touchdowns. He rushed six times for 20 yards, both on the fly sweep. So he uh, combined for three touchdowns today. Uh, Keanu Hill, four for 61. I mean, those are some of the bright spots. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough because most of the bright spots were on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, and obviously that's just not going to get it done when you're taking on a team. And, and let's be honest, both of these teams were hungry. Both of these teams, this was a measuring stick. Riley and I talked about that in pregame that this was going to be a measuring stick for both teams. Both teams coming off losses. Both teams knew how good the other team was. Both teams were coming into this game saying, we will know more about ourselves when we play this game. And, and I, 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 think, uh, I think Arkansas comes away feeling pretty good about what they have. Now, with that said, as we saw at the very end of the game, K.J. Jefferson uh, rushing the ball, looking to go in for the touchdown, ended up uh, landing on his head. He missed the Mississippi State game a week ago because of concussion, uh, because of a concussion. And so certainly you hope that he's okay, but I I, I think this is the type of performance from Arkansas that could really uh, help propel them on. And that's what their head coach, Sam Pittman, was talking about. Earlier in the week, he was asked, you know, you're riding a three-game losing streak. How do you break it? And he says, well, we can actually take – uh, a lot of cues from what happened to us last year when we had the same thing. Now, he said in that game where they bounced back, it was against a lesser opponent than what BYU was. But because of that, this is probably something that can really help springboard Arkansas. As to where BYU goes now, now you're, you're through what we all considered the tough part of the schedule. You've gone through the games against Oregon and Baylor and Notre Dame and today against Arkansas. 
this was kind of the where where was BYU going to be at this point? Well, now we know they're four and three. Now you have the teams that are considered quote unquote not as not as big or not as explosive. They're certainly not the big name teams moving forward. But make no mistake, all of these teams that BYU are going to face, Cougars still have to go to Boise State next week in at at Liberty. That is a good team. They have one loss on the season. So they're going to come out licking their chops. This is not any time for BYU to sort of relax because the schedule somewhat eases up. All right, still nothing from Kalani Satake. We will take another break, hopefully hear from coaches and players when we return. Cougars fall, 52-35 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. 52-35, Cougars fall to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Still no movement in the post-game press conference room. Hope to hear from head coach Kalani Satake in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, but so far, nobody has come out of the locker room. So as soon as that happens, we'll obviously get that to you. Also have somebody down in the Arkansas uh, media room to try and grab postgame comments from their head coach, Sam Pittman. If there's time, we'll let you hear from Coach Pittman as well. BYU with 12 drives in the ball game on offense. Arkansas with 11. Neither team really had an advantage in terms of field position. BYU's average field position was their own 25. For Arkansas, it was their own 28. So nobody, that, that was pretty much a wash across the board. But what the difference was, was that Arkansas was able to take advantage of more of their opportunities. Obviously, on their very first drive, and it was something that we had talked about in pregame, you heard Coach Pittman say, hey, our slow starts, maybe maybe if we get the win, the coin toss, instead of deferring like we normally will, we'll take the ball. Well, that's exactly what they did. They wanted to, to sort of uh, change the narrative about the slow starts. And unfortunately for them, fortunately for BYU, uh, BYU was able to collect a fumble on that series. Now, Unfortunately for BYU, they uh, went three and out and had to punt. But from that point on, you had a punt from Arkansas, so the first two Arkansas drives led to absolutely nothing. Then, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 and then they turned the ball over on downs at the very end of the game when the BYU defense came up with the goal line stand on fourth down. So, I mean, you're giving up those types of, of points but those drives back to back to back and we're talking about drives of 75 yards 75 yards 59 yards then you had somewhat of a shorter field at 34 but then back to 68 75 75 68 73 you know they were going a great distance to score for BYU after their initial punt a touchdown 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 and that's when things change that's when you had the fumble on fourth and inches and then the interception leading to 14 points going into half so BYU had the ball with about five six minutes to go leading in the game they go into half down by 10 at 31 to 21 then the Cougars came out in the second half, scored a touchdown, pulling to within three, and then you kind of went back and forth for a couple of possessions where each team was scoring a, a touchdown. Then BYU had to punt. That kind of broke that streak, and then Arkansas continues on with a couple more touchdowns. Um, let's have Riley Nelson uh, jump in uh, as we continue to wait for 
head coach Kalani Satake. You know, this is, I mentioned this earlier, Riley, you know, you look at some of the offensive statistics for BYU and you're like, man, you know, those, that's pretty good numbers and you score 35 points at home. I, I think a lot of people would be surprised BYU lost a game like this. When you look at the, at the stats and the fact that you score 35 points and you lose the game is a little bit of a head scratcher. You've got to be great in all three phases and you've got to be great for 60 minutes. I, <laughs> I thought if you look at the first three uh, opportunities for play for offense, defense, and special teams, right? Defense forces a fumble on the first drive. Uh, offense goes three and out, but then the Rico and team comes out and pins them on the one. So you're like, hey, A-plus on D, A-plus on special teams. But if only the game were one series long, right? Unfortunately for BYU, it wasn't. The offense obviously eventually got things rolling as the defense deteriorated and special teams eventually became a non-factor. So, uh, look, a game like this to me just uh, it, it shows the amount of progress that BYU needs to do. If they're, It shows the gap that that remains for BYU to be able to compete uh, for a Big 12 Conference Championship. And I think even for BYU fans, as high as expectations can be, uh, they're not. Nobody's expecting a conference championship out the gate, or at least I hope they wouldn't be. Uh, this SC, this Arkansas team was second in the SEC West after they got hot towards the end of last season. We'll see how they end up faring for this season. I think they'll be the top half of just the division. Again, not the conference overall, but just the SEC West. Um, but for BYU... They have to be good in all three phases. And it feels like in these big matchups against P5 opponents, especially from the bigger conferences, that BYU can compete in one of the phases of the game or maybe one and another phase for the half. But to compete in all three phases for 60 minutes, uh, there's just a lot of work to do. And that's not discouraging. It's encouraging because uh, they have time to build and they will you know, increase their efforts and their resources. And um, it's gonna take, But it's going to take some time out there for the fans. I think maybe the biggest surprise for me was just how much Arkansas was able to beat BYU through the air. Like, we knew they could run the ball. They've proven that. They've got phenomenal, a phenomenal back, but multiple guys that can run the ball. I, I just did not expect the type of passing numbers we saw today from Jefferson. When you're as big as he is and you have the confidence and the poise to stand in the pocket and deliver, he did a good job of extending plays, buying himself more time, and then delivering throws when he needed to in big spots. And uh, BYU was unable to sack him. I, I cannot remember them even really being able to hit him and of course you know right before the second quarter ended the really one of the plays that to me turned the tides of this game you had four different BYU players that had a shot at him but he's big and strong and was able to you know shake those defenders off and I kept waiting for a whistle to blow it dead that all right yeah. you got him don't but he he never stopped moving but, but, and was able to get out of it and, and look not every P5 team or not everybody has um uh, a KJ Jefferson on their team, but you're going to face more of those types of players when you do uh, join a P5 conference. And look, if when he's as big and as strong as Tyler Batty, and he's your who's your <laughs> biggest strongest defensive end, like you got you got issues there. So well, and I thought uh, Mitchell Jurgens made a really good point uh, during one of his sideline hits where. Look, right right now, not only is Jefferson finding receivers, but he's finding wide-open receivers. And I, 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 think, I think that was pretty alarming today. Well, BYU played a lot of man coverage, and they're not typically a man coverage team, although they've been playing more of it this season. And they did try, and uh, so they tried to pressure Jefferson by collapsing the pocket, but they didn't outright blitz him because they were scared of him getting loose and not being accounted for, right? Because he'd shown in film up to this point to really hurt teams with his legs. And so uh, they always 
always, while, while they kind of tried to collapse the pocket, they always kept a guy out as a spy and were unable to, to get home on him. And that's what allowed, I mean, it's hard to ask any secondary to cover in man coverage for that long. And as he was able to extend uh, plays or time in the pocket and the BYU defensive front was unable to get to him, those receivers were able to work their, themselves open down the field. Another game where Cody Epps just shines. He has turned into such a weapon. Obviously coming in, he was a highly touted recruit out of modern day, out of Los Angeles, but, you know, had to deal with some injuries early. And, boy, the BYU offense is reaping the benefits of having him in the lineup because he, once again, was brilliant. And they've opened up the middle of the field. I feel like the this BYU offense, whether by design or just the decision-making of Jaron Hall, has been reluctant to throw the ball over the middle of the field, but they've found a guy who can manipulate it. Jaron has confidence in, in him going across the middle of the field. He does a great job working the windows between linebackers and then in front of the safeties and behind the linebackers. And then what, the great thing is he's been able to catch the ball in space, and once he does, he does some pretty impressive things a- after the fact. And he's only a redshirt freshman. So, uh, and I see a lot of Puka's game in him as he continues to develop and continues to mature. It will be great as Puka moves on to bigger and better things. And I'm not saying that's happening anytime soon. I'm just saying, you know, Puka's, when the time yeah, comes. right when the time comes in a couple of years or however long it takes, uh, the baton can be passed from Puka to Cody, and uh, whoever's you know pulling the trigger. At quarterback for BYU will have weapons at their disposal. Well, uh, it looks like there's uh, still some um, discussions going on in the BYU locker room because nobody has come out as of yet. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. Going to keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully Kalani on the other side. Uh, if, if, we don't, or if we aren't able to get to Kalani uh, there, we obviously have the, uh, the post-game coaches show, which we'll be able to talk with him. But we'll take a break, come back, hope to have some, uh, some post-game sound for you when we return. 52-35, BYU Falls to Arkansas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU losing to Arkansas at home today, 52-35. Jason Shepard alongside Riley Nelson. And I'm going to flip roles a little bit here. I'm going to throw it over to Riley for a scoreboard update. Riley, what do you got? An audition for your job? <laughs> yeah? As you audition for Greg's? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, okay, so Barnburner, and since we played, uh, or BYU played a, defense, a an SEC opponent today, uh, we've got our eyes on the SEC, as I imagine the majority of the college football world does as well. And a Barnburner of a battle going uh, going on in Knoxville, Tennessee, between Alabama and Tennessee. Jason, you updated it earlier. I believe you updated it when it uh, was 49-49, right? Is, Tennessee is, is just Correct. Comes forty nine forty nine. So Alabama gets the ball with three minutes and twenty eight seconds left, and after an eleven play drive, they were uh, they set themselves up for a field goal that missed wide right. Now there was only fourteen seconds left uh, on the game clock. Tennessee was able to complete the ball two two completions down the field for a and to set themselves up for a field goal attempt with two seconds left and they put it through dead center through the uprights 40 yard field goal was good uh from Tennessee's kicker Chase McGrath and Tennessee comes up with with the big time upset of over number 3 Alabama 52 to 49 
And uh, let's update another game, too, because it was looking like Oklahoma State was going to get the win at TCU, but the upset has been pulled in double overtime. TCU takes down the Cowboys 43-40 to in Fort Worth. And that was obviously billed as the big game in the Big 12 and two top 15 teams. And uh, look. So, so Jace, just to talk about this, like, uh, I know you look at this game and you're like, man, 52-35, right? But we, what did we just read off? The, yeah. the SEC and then that was a Big 12, right? Those are two future conference opponents yeah. in Oklahoma State and TCU. This BYU team has to be able to keep pace in 40-something to 40-something game or 50-something to 50-something games. And that speaks back to earlier to where these – BYU matchups against these larger P5s, you got to be all three phases. You can't just be one. All right, head coach Kalani Satake now ready to address the media. Let's listen in. Credit Arkansas. They played a great game. Um, you know, just uh, I think I said it last time, but you're just not going to you're not going to win a lot of games when you score only 20 points from last week, and you won't win a lot of games if you give up 52. So even with that being said, we had our moments, um, and then. I think uh, what's frustrating is um, losing the turnover battle because that's not our our identity. You know, we're focused on taking care of the football, and I, I didn't feel like we uh, obviously didn't do that well enough today. And, um, and so there's quite a few mistakes that I think were um, on the coaches and, and, and myself and then mistakes that I think players made. So uh, we'll fix those, get to work, have a tough game next week um, on the road. Uh, Going in the east, east, going east uh, time zone, so uh, don't have a lot of time to to worry about this game. We played some really tough teams, and, and just uh, you know, just I felt like we still had some moments, especially in the second half. Uh, just couldn't generate enough momentum. Um, end of the end of the first half was disappointing with the momentum there, and so just trying to find ways to uh, make sure that we play a lot better football game and that that's from uh, all all uh, areas on the field now uh they they talking about arkansas uh, i think uh you know sam Pittman's a great coach and he had his guys ready uh they play their physical team and obviously you know you, you know that coming in here going against an sec team like that you're going to have some battles um but we we didn't help ourselves in some ways and that's my responsibility and uh but we're Believe in the players, believe in, the, in, in, in what we're doing, and believe in their effort. Uh, but there's some things that we definitely could do differently, do better, and that's my job. I have, you know, some ideas on how to get that done going over the weekend, and and uh, making sure that we play a lot better next weekend. So, take any questions you guys may have. Kalani, what has you most concerned about this defense after giving up 644 yards? Yeah, I'm I'm really focused on third downs. That's the biggest issue to me, because even the even the moments where we were, uh, you could. Second half, the the crowd was into it, making a lot of noise. They had to take a timeout. Um, I believe that's the second half, right? And and uh, it was third and long, maybe eight, nine, ten. I can't remember, but um, just didn't didn't get off the field. And and credit to, to to Jefferson, he made a nice throw and they made nice plays. But uh, third down is the only down that comes to defense. So you got to get off and, and and giving up twelve. You know, just 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 not. Con- I mean, they converted twelve out of fifteen. Uh, that that's that's. Not good, good defense. So uh, that's my f- my main area of, uh, of concern. Uh, and then the other area of concern is just uh, fundamental tackling and then uh, mistakes on the field. We, we we had some guys not doing their one eleventh, and so that's 
on the coaches to make sure that they get that done and, and on the players to execute their assignment that didn't have a, an, uh, I don't think, a difficult uh, scheme for our, our, our guys to, to, to execute defensive-wise, but uh, got to get, get out of plays, and, and 12 out of 15 is not good. It's not, not good enough, not even close. So you're just not going to win a lot of games defensively. You're not going to keep a lot of points off the board by giving up them the percentage that – <laughs> on that, if if we go half of that, holding a seven out of fifteen, and maybe we have a chance. We get off the field and give the ball to our offense. Who um, and it seems like when they went a couple three and outs, that was just like the ball game. There, just we couldn't get generate enough momentum to 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 keep up and score with them. So um, defense has got to help out on that. And, that, and I, I felt like there's some really good things that we saw. Um, I didn't feel like. Um, we were out of the game completely until the very end when they were just grinding the clock and you know um, they took a timeout and I, we just asked the guys to just toughen up a little bit. This is going to be your identity and challenge them. This is going to be who, what you can hang your hat on. I don't really don't care what the score is. Proud of them getting a stop. Uh, players give us great effort, but um, we've, we've got to execute better with our assignments and the fundamentals of the game. And that's that's my job. I'm I'm, I'm the head coach. I got, I got to figure this out. And, and but I. I have, a, I have, when you have some of the stuff that we have, I, I feel good about what we can get done between now and next week. And um, I'm going to go back and assess and review and then make decisions as head coach. Kalani, when you've had a game like this, when do you look at blowing things up and taking a completely different approach versus focusing on just trying to fix mistakes? Because I can see logic mm-hmm. be- between either, either direction. I think you can cover it all. I don't know if you put all your attention onto one thing. Um, but I think there's uh, there's some things that you can you can address and you can fix quickly, and then there's things that you need to work on. And but I think you've got to cover it all. You know, I I know what we can do as a team to get us playing at our best, and, and that's what I need to do. And then sometimes it could be just a quick uh, quick change, and then other times it's going to be it's going to we're going to need every part of the next week to get it done. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it, it's just. I don't think the answer is one thing. I think the answer is a, a few things. I have an idea what they are, and some of it is uh, obviously the. I don't blame the blame the players, but they've got they've got to handle their one eleventh. It's do your job on the field, and and um, and then I can live with the mistakes if a guy makes a great play, and um, you know. So, an example, uh, didn't like how our penalties were. We were up in. You know, 10, 11, 12 penalties uh, a few weeks back, and focus on playing smarter football. And we, I think we had some penalties still, but uh, they're costly ones. They're 15-yard ones, you know. And but that's the number of penalties a little bit less. And then, and the, I think there was a face mask, a pass, uh, yeah. pass interference, and then, um, yeah, that's 30 out of the 20, the 50 yards right there. So uh, keep focusing on that, keep getting better. But then there's some things that we can definitely. Uh, Flip and, and and have our guys playing at a higher level, and then it's not going to be easy next week. You know, Liberty's got a Hugh Freeze is a really good coach, and he knows how to score points. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be chomping at the bit watching this film that our defense gave up 52 points. And so we we just got to get back out and get get to work. Kalani, you've noted coaching a couple times in this presser. Uh, with your background of having experience calling plays in your career, would, mm-hmm. would you consider, does this performance lead you maybe considering stepping in and calling the defense moving forward? Yeah, we've done that before in in, in um, 
as a, as a program. I, it was my seventh season, so there's times that we have to do that, and um, I'm involved in it. But but I, I don't think uh, I'm ready to answer that question right now. But I know that uh, that's an option. So we have a lot of different options out there, and and um, you know, I like I, I like our guys. I, I think the, the effort they give us is, is fantastic. I, I need to get focused on getting things done. So I'm not I'm not close to any. Any uh, options out there? Hey, that being one of them. You guys had some opportunities where the ex- execution wasn't great. Fumbled snap on a fourth down. Mm-hmm. Three guys had a chance at a sack, and you know, give Jefferson credit for getting away. But three opportunities. How tough is that as a coach when you've had these plays where you know yeah. they might be successful, but the execution just falls apart? Well, I mean, the, the execution's on the on the coaches to get it done, but then there's there's some responsibility on the players, you know. I, I think, and when you're talking about that uh, the fumble on the on the on the uh, fourth down, the, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest with you and tell you straight up, we were trying to draw them off sides. There's not even a play call in place, and so we were trying to draw them off sides, and the ball was snapped, which is why Jaron was surprised at it, and and there's the result. So I mean, uh, I don't know how to hide that one other than say. You know, I don't know what play we were snapping to because there was not even a play involved. And there was not a call. So, um, and and I think if it's a look that we, if we didn't get that look, that we we're going to take a timeout and punt the ball. I just feel feel like I don't want to give them that short of field. I I know I've gambled and gone for it quite a bit on fourth down, but um, at that moment, just didn't want to give them that that short of field. And even with that, still could have made plays on defense and still could have kept them from scoring a touchdown. You know, so yeah. Until you received on Wilgar and just maybe also uh, Jaron's shoulder. Yeah, uh, I, I think well, a lot of the guys are, are probably on Monday. I'll give you more of, a, of an idea of what our our um, the injuries look like. We have some guys that uh, that are going to be out for the season that we'll, we'll confirm it on 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 um, on Monday, um, but not not from not really from today. Today, um, we just nobody well nobody's out for the season today. It just. Uh, I, I think the, the key is seeing if a guy is playing injured uh, compared to being sore. If you're not 100% and um, we're helping the team or hurting the team, you know, and, and that's going to be the, the key for us. I, I, I think, um, yeah, it's hard for me to say that. I, I have to go talk to Jaron. I have to go talk to Peyton. Peyton wasn't able to come back in the game, but he seemed pretty positive. He was in the boot on the sidelines, so though. We'll see. It's not anything that, that I think is going to be lengthy. It's just a matter of when he can get back, so. Hopefully we can get him back soon, but uh, unlikely probably for next week. Okay, guys, thank you. All right, that's the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. We'll take a break. Hopefully be back with Ben Bywater and others when we return 52-35, Arkansas over BYU on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Arkansas 52, BYU 35. Let's head back down for post game sound from Ben Bywater. To your boys after the game, because yes. after a performance like that, mm-hmm. like you said, there's got to be a lot of soul searching for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everyone was looking inward. I know, I know everybody on that D left some plays out on the field, a lot of opportunities that were missed. And so, you know, fortunately, football, you know, week to week, we get to go out again next week at Liberty and prove ourselves. So we didn't do it today. A lot of question marks on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes myself. And so 
um, I'm excited for another week for us to really get down to business and just, uh, you know, make more opportunities happen next week. Do you feel like this, the, that the guys are losing confidence in themselves? Are they trying too hard? I mean, because sometimes you see the snowball for teams. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? I wouldn't say confidence. Like, you know, Kalani was talking about, a lot of guys are playing sore. A lot. I mean, you're you're in the midseason blues right now, so it's tough because – that's a bit. That's a, those are some big boys. That's a big team. You know, well-respected opponent. And so for us, it's like you you got to You got to look at. Uh, there's a lot of different factors, but I would not say the boys are losing faith. Um, obviously, lose three games. Um, some opportunities for us down the road are off the table, um, and we recognize that. But uh, you know, I just think that the mindset changes now. You know, you're not you're not playing for a you know a certain bowl game. You're playing for your brothers. You're playing for your family. You're playing for BYU. Yeah. All sorts of options as far as you know what to do to turn it around to get the defense playing mm-hmm. at the level. You guys, how does that impact you when a coach says, "Hey, we could go any direction"? Keeps you on your toes because you know if you're not playing up to you know the standard that's set, you know it, you could you could be pulled. You know, and that's just that's how football is. That's how professions are. You know, if you're not getting the job done, somebody else will. So it's it's good for me because you know it raises the stakes, raises the pressure. So. I think a lot of guys are going to be putting, you know, vulnerable spots, and you know, we, we're trying to win. You know, it's college football. This is this is their livelihood. You know, I don't blame them. So, you know, I got to take care of the job as well. Any other questions for Ben? All right, ben, Appreciate you guys. Questions for Cody? Cody, what's it like being in a game like that offensively when they just keep scoring? It's like, hey, we got to keep up. We got to score every possession. It's pretty. It's pretty tough, but at the same time, it's pretty fun from an offensive perspective. When we get on the field, we're trying to make big plays. We're trying to score, so it's pretty fun. And it's pretty competitive, and it's 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 the stuff that you dream for as a receiver, you know, because your coaches and your team is looking for you to make a big play, so we can capitalize on the fact that they're going down and scoring. So we need to keep scoring as well. So it's pretty tough, but it's fun at the same time. Definitely. Well, yeah, well, that's the motto, even if the other team doesn't score. It's always go down and score. There is no um, possession where you just say, okay, they didn't score, so we don't have to score as hard. We always want to score every time we touch the ball. So. When you're in a game like that, though, when you have a three and out, or you know, a play don't go your way, how hard is it as an offense to keep momentum? Because Coach Kalani was talking about how the momentum kind of lost some momentum there. How hard is that to keep that going You know, when you, when you have a drive that doesn't go your way? Uh, I think this is it's, it's as hard as we allow it to be. Um, f- football life—it's all about adversity. It's all about perspective and what you what you think about what you can do. We always talk about Coach Klein talks about faith, just not hoping, but faith. So it's all about what we can do and how how we view what we can do. So it's not that tough. Cody, was there anything that you or Jared said that could be trying to fight? Obviously on that fourth and eight, and then fumbles the football. You know, and he's frustrated with himself. Is there anything you guys said to him on the sideline? Keep his hopes up. Yeah, he's still, in my opinion, top ten, one of the top ten coolest dudes on the earth. So he's still a great dude, still a great football player. Um, we all um, have things that we could do better. There were a lot of plays that I could have done something better at. So he's not to blame at all. You know, it, it happens. It's football. Sometimes somebody's going to get the best of you, and it's, it's just how the game works. It's just about how you battle next time. And immediately uh, I talked to him, and it was just like, Every game is a practice for the next game. So that was just a viewpoint of next game. Now we have to really focus on ball security, taking care of the ball and all that type of stuff. But that's a great dude, great football player. He'll get back to it. After a game 
like that? Because obviously very disappointed with the performance in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. What do you see from the guys now moving forward? I see a bunch of dudes that are still Christ-like, that are still ready to go to class on Monday, still ready to go to church tomorrow, still ready to be great human beings on and off the field, and still dudes ready to play some football next Saturday, dudes ready to get to practice on Monday, Tuesday, and keep grinding. That's what I see completely. I don't see anybody feathering off and focusing on other stuff or picking apart at each other. We're still ready to go. We're a group of guys that love the game, and we want to approach life like Christ. So that's what, that's my viewpoint. Thank you, guys. Okay, that was Cody Epps. And before Cody, we heard from Ben Bywater. Um, hoping to get to Kalani Satake coming up in just a few minutes. We'll, we'll hang out for just a second to find out if there's anybody else coming down to the post-game room. Uh, looks like Puka Nakua will be coming up next. So let's, uh, let's wait for Puka to make his entrance. Got the camera on the, uh, the microphone. Uh, let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds while we wait for a station identification here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson with you here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Puka Nakua has sat down to talk with the media. Let's listen in to Puka. I guess that's considered afternoon now or evening, whatever that's called. Questions for Puka? Sorry. Oh, goodness gracious. That's sorry. I just needed to sit down. I feel a lot better now. Hey, guys. <laughs> what do you take away from a game like that? Because there were some good things, but obviously not, not nearly the way you guys wanted to play. Um, it's a good question. I think we just, my biggest thing is just execution. Um, there's a lot of good things we did out there. Uh, I think of the, the my fourth down play. Uh, ball security. We had a fourth down, uh, fumbled snap, fourth and one. Just came down to execution on our side of the ball. I think offensively, and obviously our teams had uh, their struggles on both sides of the ball, but I can only focus on what we do on the offense. And Jaren, uh, he left us out there to make plays. I think another one, I, I had bad ball security, and I left one up there, and uh, they had an interception on that. Just execution. They didn't do anything to get us out of kind of our game plan, and we knew we were going to come in for a shootout. But uh, just execution in all phases, uh, special teams, offense, and defense. Okay, talk about being a bigger part of the run game, having that asked of you today with so many other running backs injured. Um, what was that like for you? Um, what were your thoughts on just how you performed there? Well, I'm looking right here, and I have 20 yards. It's not, definitely not my best day. Um, it's, it's way different running out of the backfield, that's for sure. But it was fun. I'm just trying to do whatever um, – the team needs of me uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It was it's fun. I trust uh, our linemen, and it's fun to be in the backfield. It's definitely a different look. Creating spaces is not the same as when you're on the outside, but it was fun. Uh, just whatever I can do to get us keep moving those chains. Cook, I know you're focused on the offensive side, but what was it like watching your defensive boys? Because it was a rough, rough afternoon for them. Um, yeah, it's it's a grind. It's just football. It's kind of the. the it's just how you never know how Saturday is going to play out until you get really get there. But I think uh, something that um, hit me is just what we can do better on the on the offensive side of the ball for the defense, uh, being prepared for practices during the week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So when we get to Saturday, um, Caleb, D'Lo, Gabe, 
Jacob Robinson, Every Talon, Ammon, Ethan Slade, Micah, just the list goes on and on, and making sure that those guys are prepared when they see an opponent out there on Saturday. Um, if they don't get the looks that they need in, in practice from our receiver group on the offensive side of the ball, we're doing them an injustice when they get out here on Saturday. What was said in the locker room from some of the coaching staff after that? Um, love and learn is just how it works. Uh, we got uh, obviously not the end goal that we wanted with, but just kind of what I had mentioned, uh, it's execution on our, on our side. Um, uh, obviously, I, I'm thinking of my, my plays where I, uh, I didn't execute what I was asked to do out there on the field. Uh, that goal ball, we took a shot late in the game, but number three, trust me, and uh, I, my job as a receiver is to go out there and make the play, and I didn't get it done. And then another opportunity given to me, put the ball in my hands, and I gave it away. Uh, this is the thing we say every time. Uh, who, it doesn't matter who it is. Whenever you have that ball in your hand, you, you represent the entire University of B- Brigham Young. Uh, I had everybody... That's that's how it was. I had the ball in my hand. I let everybody down. So it's just execution on our side, just the little things. Uh, I know Coach Kalani, just ball security and just execution, just things that we go over all the time. It's There's nothing crazy that they, they did out there. We ex- we saw the covers that we were expecting. Um, just got to continue to execute, whether it's first down, third down, uh, or down by 10 or up by 14. Uh, it just comes down to execution when we line up against the other guys. Programs face this type of is there doubt creeping into that locker room right now? Um, I wouldn't say so. It's hard. I'm, we've, we've won four games. We're a good football team. Uh, that team we just played out there, they're a good football team. They're playing in the SEC. They were ranked top 25, and the team that they played and they lost to were to also top in the top 25. So um, we expect every game to be really good, and we expect uh, it's a target we have on our backs that we, we wear with pride. It's, it's not easy uh, playing an independent schedule. We have, we've had a tough schedule all the way up to this point, and uh, we just got to continue to grind, go through the grind. It's not going to be easy. We expect every week that everybody wants to play their best game against us, and we got to play our best, ga- our best game against everybody else. Third downs, referring to the defense in large part, but 7 to 13 for you guys on offense leaves a little bit of room for improvement, I think, for you guys. What, what's so critical about that third down? Is that somewhere where you guys can look to kind of focus and get better on too? Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, I know, well, my 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 play at the end of the game. I'm looking here at our fourth down conversions of one of three, um, and I know at that last the last one at the end of the game was uh, fourth and long, fourth fourth and six plus. So uh, you, those are the those are the down and distances that we don't want to be in when we're going for it in third down. Uh, we want to make it as easy as possible and just getting behind the sticks of having efficient plays on first and second down. So when we get to third down, it, it can be a third and two, and we have our entire playbook wide open. Uh, just just staying ahead of the sticks, it comes down to execution. It's um, we just got to when we when we line up against the opposing team, you have your assignment, your one your one assignment as the eleven guys out there, and you just got to go and execute your one job. All right, thanks, Puka. Go Cougs, baby. All right, that was Puka Naku, responsible for three touchdowns on the day. He had two on the ground and one through the air, his first receiving touchdown of the season. We will take a break. On the other side, the Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame coaches show from Provo. It's BYU falling to Arkansas, 52-35 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's join your host, Jason Shepard. 
BYU falls to four and three after losing to Arkansas today here in Provo, 52-35. Jason Shepard alongside Riley Nelson will be joined by the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, in just a minute here on the Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame coaches show. While we wait for Coach Satake, let's head down to the Arkansas locker room and hear from the head coach of the Razorbacks. This is Sam Pittman after the victory uh, about uh, about 30 minutes ago. First, talk about BYU and the hospitality that we've received since we've been out here. Incredible people. Uh, starts with the head football coach, incredible man. And it's a hard place to play. Uh, they've got a trooper at quarterback. He's a fighter. Um, he was hurt coming into the game. And, and, and uh, got hit in the second quarter and, and just got back up. But I think that's what the BYU program is about, about toughness and things of that nature. So I want to give them a lot of credit because they played extremely hard. We just got fortunate, had a few stops, and, of course, our offense was was on fire for most of the game. And, and that, you know, Kendall Bryles needs credit for that, Cody Kennedy. You know, those guys um, that had a great game plan, a lot of it, trying to get the receivers to the middle of the field, and, and they did. So really, really pleased with the win. We're exactly where we were last year at this point, four and three. Got a big stretch, but we need the time off uh, to get healthy, and, and we're going to use it that way. Say, do you think when the officials went to the replay booth, the spot on their play where they backed it up, they went for it on fourth and short, and then they fumbled. Was that probably the play of the game? I think so. I think that was a big turning point in the game because we had, let's face the facts, we hadn't been able to stop them. And um, we get it, and we go right down and score, and then I believe we come back and score again right before half. I think we scored twice with maybe around four minutes ago and a half. I think we ended up having that fumbled snap. Uh, we went and scored, and then I think we scored with maybe – 30, 40, 50 seconds left right before the half. That To come in at half, 10-point lead was huge because they had the ball uh, the first possession of the second half. What would you think of K.J. rebounding? A little, little shaky start, then he had a long I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I mean, I, I thought he played fantastic, Tom, you know. Uh, I think you might be might be talking about, you know, his runs weren't going very good early, but – uh, I think I think BYU said we're not going to let him run the football. They were holding back their linebackers on the weak side, and and uh, uh, but um, our running backs had a good day running the football. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I thought it was really good. You know, when you don't play for a week, and but we were fortunate that he practiced all week. You know, practice on Monday and all those things. So. Uh, I was real proud of him. He's fine, by the way. He had a stinger. Uh, he's fine. He could have went back in a game. At that point, there was really no need to go back in a game. And and uh, uh, BYU had a nice goal line stand there at the end. But uh, really uh, proud of, of KJ. You know, the third down play, Tom, before half, I've, I have no idea how, how he got out of that and how he made that play. And, big that was another probably the second biggest play of the game and of course us going 12 for 15 and third down was 
and 75% in third down is incredible. So I think that's what it is. There's that 80, 12 or 15. Come on. 12 15 is 80, isn't it? It's good. I mean, that's really good. Hey, Sam Sanders had a, had a fumble early, just like against Missouri State. Had, came back, had a huge game, just like against Missouri State. Did, how motivated do you think I'm going to probably get out of this after ball? this answer. Well, well, that the the counter down the sideline was, was nice, wasn't it? I don't think anybody touched him, you know, late in the game for us to go up 17. Uh, but... You know, obviously we've got a what what was the turnover ratio today? One to one? Two to one. Two to one, we won it then who who was it? HUD and who? And the fumble. And the fumble, I got it. And uh so I was really pleased. BYU'd only turned the ball over three times all year and, and we had matched ours. Certainly don't want to turn it over once, Bob, but but uh I thought Rocket really rebounded after that and had a really good game. There was a long All right, that was Sam Pittman, head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, and I want to make mention of something he said, and certainly some good news, because I know we were all concerned after watching K.J. Jefferson land on his head at the end of the game, and with his concussion situation where he missed the previous week's game to hear that it was just a stinger, and had the game, had they needed him to go in the game, he would have been able to go in, Riley. That's certainly good news to hear that. Yeah, those. Uh, it's rare when you see the front of a player's head hit the turf, and also it's rare on natural turf to get head injuries. Um, obviously, you know in the NFL you saw Tua Tonga-Vailoa, but that's back of the head on artificial surface. So yeah, great news. He's an exciting player, and BYU fans should wish them the best, right? Because uh, you want all the teams that you lose to to do well, because uh, it makes your loss, um, you know be a little bit higher of a caliber of course you'd always rather win the game but if you must lose you want your opponents that you lose to to be strong and and finish out the rest of the season so wish Arkansas the best you know I want to go back to something that Puka Nakua said um, during his post-game conversation with the media and I I I think this is something that I I think everybody needs to remember too Um, you know at a certain point in this in this season, both of these teams were top 25 teams and we're getting a lot of pub, and rightfully so. So, you know, this, this is a good Arkansas team that BYU faced today. BYU is a good team. Um, but, I, you know, this is, this, is an, an oper- this is an SEC team that came here to Provo, and they're, they're good. And we saw why they're good. Um, so, you know, this is, I, I think that's something you need to remember is, you know, not everybody BYU plays is a slouch team. And Arkansas came in, and they were ready to go. Um, and so I, I think we need to remember um, that, that, that both of these teams were good um, and, and certainly have high uh, expectations for themselves moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, um, let's take a break. Hope to have Kalani Satake on the other side as we continue on with the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Music of inspiration, messages of hope, and moments of reflection. Join us every Sunday on BYU Radio for This is Sunday. You'll hear words of encouragement from religious leaders. Welcome back. It's the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Arkansas defeating BYU 52-35. Both teams now 4-3 and three on the season. And joining us from the Cougar locker room is the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Kalani, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for taking a few minutes. I know, I know it's, a, it's a tough loss, but we do appreciate you joining us. 
No, no, no problem. Glad to be on with you guys. So we, uh, Ryland and I were just talking about this a minute ago. Certainly, it's disappointing to not to, to not win the game and, and and things. I know you had mentioned you know, things that you, you'd like to see done better, but you know uh, that was a pretty good Arkansas team you, you faced today, wasn't it? Yeah, really good Arkansas team, but I, I don't think we uh, helped ourselves in some ways. But uh, um, that's that's my job as a head coach. You know, we're going to get things uh, corrected and get get back on it next week, but. Uh, there's a lot of positives that came from this game, and, and I think they don't want to overshadow it with, with uh, some of the negatives that happened. But uh, the guys, they didn't quit. They kept playing, kept buying into what we were asking them to do. We just need to uh, just play a lot better. I don't know any other way to put it than we need to play better as a team and uh, definitely better as a defense. I think you guys heard me in the in the um, post game uh, mention that, you know, you don't win a lot of games scoring 20 points, and you don't, you're not going to win a lot of games giving up 52 Coach, um, yeah, all, all three phases are, are – I, I was talking about that. It seems like we're able to hit on one phase but but not all three. Uh, on the teams that you've coached or been on over the years that have done that, what's what's been the key to consistently deliver in offense, defense, and special teams, just kind of in, in football in general because it seems to be a pretty elusive goal? Yeah, it, it's it's everybody doing their part. Um, and, and that by saying everyone doing their part, it's even the sideline. It, it, it's the – the people that are, are tuned into what their the guy in front of them is doing, and and if they're banged up or or whatever it is, just having that the focus and the awareness completely on what's happening on the field, right? So that's uh, we're trying to get that done as as a team, and obviously we haven't played our best, but not to say that there haven't been some moments where we have played really well. Um, just like to do that uh, for a full sixty minutes. One of the things that you mentioned when you talked to the general media was the the fourth and inches play, um, where you know everybody in the stands. We all thought you guys were going for it, um, and you had mentioned that that was not the initial plan. And obviously, things did not work out. If for people that didn't hear that, tell everybody what what you what you were intending to do on that fourth and inches play. Well, and Shep, if I can ask just a quick follow up, Coach, there was also a personnel change. Notice the mix up with with Connor Pay didn't start at center. It was Joe. Uh, did that play into the mix-up on the two QB center exchanges? Um, yeah, I, I think first on, on the on the, on the center, uh, felt like the competition, uh, Joe earned the right to be the starter and went with Joe. Uh, I think Coach Funk and A-Rod and myself felt comfortable with that. And then the, I think with the, on that play, there was actually no play. We had a no play called, and... Um, we're trying to freeze them. You, you know this, Riley, that you freeze them. And then once we're trying to get draw them off sides, if we do draw them off sides, all we have to do is flash our hands as an old lineman and we get them on, on, a, on, a, on the – In the neutral zone, yep. Exactly. That's it. That's all you have to do. Um, so don't, there's no, no need to snap the ball. I, I don't want to throw the Joe under the bus, but I, I, what, what play are we actually running? Yeah. So when you do the freeze call, you have two choices. If you If you – the reason why I said the punt was going to happen is because when we did do the freeze call, they shifted to a, a, a condensed front, right, which which is to, to combat the uh, QB sneak. They shifted the D-line, Arkansas's D-line shifted, and if we were going to get that look, we were going to take a timeout and talk about what play we want to do or just take a timeout and punt it. That That's, that's basically – if they stayed in the same front, we would have just – Checked it to a a, a, a a QB sneak and then get the sneak. That that was the that was the whole premise of what's happening in that play. And when the ball was snapped, I think it took the guys by surprise. And and you know, 
you know, I think maybe they knew that we were going to check to that if we, if possible, but there's actually not a call made at all. So I, I don't know how, how else to explain that one situation because I can no, sit coach, here and say, hey, that was on me and that's my fault. But no. at some point, it's like I, I don't know what play was going to go. Well, did, did, you, did you get any explanation after the fact from, from Joe or anybody as <laughs> to why the ball was probably snapped? Probably not. Probably heat of the battle fog of war. But I don't know. Did you, yeah. Coach? Yeah. I, I didn't want to talk to him at that point. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think I was in <laughs> yeah. the right mindset yeah, that could be to hard. talk to him then. Um, but, you know, it just – I love our players. I do. I just yeah. like, gosh, that's just so unfortunate that happened. But even with that happening, I thought there was a chance the defense could have made something, could have done something with it. Um, you know, just it, it, if with this mindset of going for it on fourth down quite a bit, I think sometimes you just have confidence in the call because I like to do it, especially in short distance. And if we're not confident with it, let's just punt the dang ball. Yeah, I think uh, – and, Coach, I'll see if I'll find a question in here, but uh, – I don't think there's any kind of pulling the rug out from under any of your players or, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, whether it was Joe or Jaron or whoever that falls on, they're big boys and they're accountable and they, nobody, you know, it's like, I remember saying this in a couple post game back when I was playing, I was like, well, I can tell you going into that play, I didn't want to throw it to the other team, but that's how it ended up, right? So, um, but talk about, because uh, a couple of your players, and they always do, right, mentioned the, the foundation of this team is love and learn. And uh, when, when you're going through tough times like this, accountability is, is really important because it's, it's great to love someone, but isn't it true that if, if love and learn is really going to work, there needs to be a, an extremely high level of accountability, not just between players as peers, but also coach to player. Is that right? Exactly. And, and feedback and, and, and correction, all that stuff is part of our culture, love and learn. I, 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 it's a gift to get feedback. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. But it's what needs to be said. Otherwise, the whole system, it's not love and learn and only say the things that you want to hear. It's its the correction needs to happen, and nobody's immune to it. I, I'm open for that, too. I, I want to get better, right? But uh, you're right. The coaches, everybody's, uh, we have to hold each other accountable um, because we, we are doing this for our fans. We owe it to our players. We owe it to our fans. We owe it to everybody to be way better than what we're we're doing now, and I will say that's my job, and and I, and I uh, to make sure that that's done correctly. I, I uh, appreciate our fans, and I know what their their expectations are, and uh, well, we'll get there. Well, I I'm I'm actually uh, I know this sounds weird, but I'm excited about the adversity because there's going to be growth and learning from this, and a lot of like you said, Riley, is the accountability and holding people accountable, and and that's not just only players but coaches as well coach Pittman was uh, expressed in his that we heard right before you came on with us his gratitude for the fact that they have a bye now uh, after playing you guys your bye is not for a few more weeks that rest is not coming so how do you manage a, a trip across two time zones to the east coast with also getting it right into the heart of the season with uh, no bye for a number of weeks well I just talked about it with the, with the team that that uh we're banged up. Everybody's banged up, but you have two choices: play through it and fight through it, or or to or to cower to it. So that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, we have tough guys. Uh, sure, not everybody's a hundred percent, and this would be great. Uh, you know, it's a little bit cool for Arkansas to have a buy, and not for us to have one till later. But that's okay. We just got to fight through this. It's 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 part of the growth and part of the journey is that you you toughen up and you, you make it you make it through it's like nobody said it was going to be an easy uh transition and that at week seven and eight uh it was it should be really smooth you know that that, that that's uh 
right now we're we're going through some adversity and i i'm really looking forward to the growth and the progress that we can make from this as a program and as individuals on this team coaches and players Let's get to our economics partner's valuable stat of the game, whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes. When your business needs a valuation, the right partner is economics partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. Coach, there's a guy. It seems like week in and week out, I am amazed at how well he is playing right now. And I know sometimes it's it's difficult to, to kind of find the positives after a loss. But, man, what Cody Epps is doing right now, he leads his team with six touchdowns, had another one today, nine receptions, 125 yards. He is a superstar. Yeah, and I, I don't think um, if, if you're looking at our um, our culture of love and learn, then then you have to praise the people that deserve it. And you can't let the loss of the game affect the ability for us to give him praise and give him motivation and, 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 and pat on the back that you're doing great things. Because the thing about Cody Epps, he does the little things right. He, he does all the little things. He's preparation, his film study, all that stuff All that stuff matters. And when you do the small and simple things and it becomes kind of just just a, a automatic for him, then you get these opportunities that he does. And he has this, this weird uh, feel and vision of just – Finding the open spots. and Yeah, he's so good over the middle of the field, Coach. I love it. Yeah, creating more yards after catch. And you know what? After the game, I'm looking at him in the the, uh, locker room, and I'm talking to him, and he's just like, man, there's plays that he wish he had back. You know, there's the ones that he's like, oh, I wish I could have caught that ball. I wish I could have caught this. But that's what you expect from him. But I think it's important for us to praise the people that do things that did things the right way and made some good plays, made some positive things. Otherwise, then you're only praising people when you win, and that's that's kind of sad. You know, that's that's not what our culture is. And the feedback, like I said, is you make the corrections and you and you criticize those that need it, but then you have to praise the people that do, did things right. I know that uh, you you have you mentioned turnovers. That's something that you know obviously weren't pleased with losing the turnover battle today, especially since a lot of them resulted directly in into touchdowns but you, you mentioned that you, you kind of said everything's on the table right now we're evaluating everything heading into this big game against liberty well what what's 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 really kind of top of mind for you as you begin another week as you get ready to head east well obviously defense right now um uh, uh, i think last week i was looking at feeling the figure trying to figure out the offense and that i think had to go with a lot with what jaron's able to do you know this uh, last week I said I can't believe we couldn't get Puka the ball, and now we targeted him quite a bit. He and, and Cody got a lot of looks, and, and uh, they did some great things with the ball in their hands. You know, just uh, just don't get a face mask penalty from Puka. And, and um, you know, I think uh, uh, some of the – there's a missed, uh, missed, uh, misunderstanding or miscommunication in one of the, some of the routes too with those guys. But um, we, we, we were able to get some things corrected there. For me um, – stuff that we're looking at this week now is defense like what third down specifically that's got to be better we we've got to figure that out they're not playing great third down uh the entire season and 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 uh so you know defensively we'll get some things uh squared away and i uh i'll be heavily involved with all of that uh last thing and and just more of a clarification um you you were asked about about injuries today i know you were asked specifically about peyton wilgar and jaron hall can you just kind of uh, go over again maybe what you know and and, or or if if you're still sort of in in wait and see for both of those guys uh jaron's jaron's good you know he we just at the end of the game it was uh, it was on the goal line and we knew we were going to do a qb sneak just didn't want to put him through any more um uh, 
unnecessary hits. I mean, look at Arkansas. You know, they they had a they kept KJ in, and 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 I don't know where he's at right now. I hope he's still. He, Coach he, Pittman said he it was. He said it luckily is just a stinger. If they needed him to play, he would have been able to go. So nothing yeah. serious. And he looked good after the game. I talked to KJ after, but um, that's the risk you have. And at the end of the game, we just didn't feel uh, that we needed Jaron to get an, any another hit on him. You know, and and. Uh, but when you're looking at injuries, uh, Peyton wasn't able to come back in the game. Obviously, Jaron's uh, sore. It's just a matter of is, it, is the soreness affecting his ability to throw the ball and um, an ability to even be an option to run. If that's the case, then I, we have to think about what's best for the team. And Jaron's on. He, he, he's up to, he understands that. He gets it. And um, we have to see how this goes in the next couple of days, tonight and tomorrow and see where Jaron's at by the time we get to practice on Monday. Kalani, you're a great man. We appreciate the time, as always. We'll let you go. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate you guys, and thank you to all the fans that came. I know there's a bunch driving a long ways right now. I hope they know that uh, we love them, and we appreciate them, and look forward to getting better from them. Thank Th- you, guys. Thanks, Kalani. Thanks, Coach. That's the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, and that is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. We will take a break. We'll come back. Mitchell Jurgens will make his way back up to the press box, and we'll morph into our BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. little different. Normally, you have a couple of different ways to chime in. You've got the hashtag, which is hashtag BYUCNN. Obviously, tonight with Greg over at soccer, you're not going to be uh, tweeting to Greg. So you're going to need to tweet to me, at JSNShep. Normally, there's a third option. There's the email. I don't have access to the email, so if you email the one that you would normally email, nobody's going to see it. So for right now, if you want to chime in, you can tweet me at JSNShep, S-H-E-P, or uh, and or use the hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, and uh, we will see your questions and comments as well. We'll take a break. Come back. Cougar Nation now on the other side on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at JSNShep using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cougars falling to Arkansas 52-35. BYU now 4-3 and three on the season. On the road at Liberty next Saturday afternoon. 1.30 Mountain Time kickoff. 11.30 a.m. pregame show here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Jason Shepard alongside Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, making the trek up from the BYU locker room. He'll join us coming up in the next couple of minutes. As always, we will be giving away two half gallons of delicious BYU Creamery ice cream. We'll have a, a trivia question coming up. If you'd like to chime in, ask a question, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. That's one way. Or you can tweet at me directly at JSN Shep at JSN S H E P. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we, we get to this point, Riley, where you get past all of the quote unquote big name teams, and they're like, oh, well, now you just have Liberty. You have East Carolina, and it's like, 
no, you, you can't think that way Did right now. Did you hear him say Hugh Freeze is the coach at yes, Liberty? Yes. I mean, formerly at Ole yes. Miss that pulled up upsets against Alabama. I think that dude, like, he left the SEC and was like 500 I'm against Nick Saban. I'm surprised he's still at Liberty, quite right, frankly. Right, right. But I'm pretty sure he was like 3-3 three and three or something against Nick Saban. Yes. It was some crazy stat. So, like, those dudes can coach ball. They run a style of offense that just, it, it makes me nervous. They got a little quarterback who, I say little because he's, I think he's only like 5'10", 5'11". He, I mean, he's not Kyler Murray, but he reminds me of that kind of a player. And, uh, I mean, he does what K.J. Jefferson does, but maybe in fast-forward, buying time. And and then, of course, I, I say this all the time, and people probably get sick of me hearing it, but it's a really important stat. Like, two teams meeting up in the same time zone as you look across pro and college football, and it's like 50-50, right? Depending, the home or away team kind of wins. But whenever a team has to travel two time zones or more, and this even goes up into the pros, their chances of winning decrease by like 10% almost instantly. So BYU's not immune to that. Liberty can play ball. Now, you're going to look and be like, well, they beat Gardner-Webb today 21-20, to right? And right, 6-1 people, and one on the season. But, and people are like, who's Gardner-Webb? But they're 6-1, and one, which means these guys have a lot of self-belief. They are... Uh, it means they're playing good enough football to win. And we all know, and we hear, look, it's not a cliche out there for our listeners when you hear players say, like, no win can be taken granted. It's hard to win, win in college football. You've got a lot of good players, a lot of good coaching, and uh, so you cannot look down on anybody. So this is, I mean, I said this uh, off air in the pregame, but if B, depending on the fashion in which BYU lost this game, I, it was going to make me nervous. And I, I wouldn't say I'm super nervous, but I would say I am a little bit nervous just because the stylistic matchup, how banged up they are, and having to move forward, and having to travel across two time zones uh, against Liberty. Now, BYU will be bigger. They'll be, you know, stronger. They're going to be used to playing in bigger things, but sometimes what can happen, Shep, even the best and most experienced is you go in, it's going to be a smaller stadium, and I've never been to Lynchburg, but I, you know, I think it's a smaller populated town. It's going to feel like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It reminds me of when BYU went into Toledo after beating Tennessee and USC, and they go into Toledo and drop a game in Toledo. It's like, come on, guys, we have no business losing a game out here. But sometimes when you go from Lavelle Edwards Stadium and 63,000 sold out ESPN to a little bit of a smaller 25,000 seat stadium, by the way. Yeah, you go there and it just doesn't feel is it just doesn't feel as grandiose you don't get as activated and they can catch you sleeping and liberty is a good enough program that if byu sleepwalks into that game they could get bit mitchell jurgens has uh, made his way up to the press box uh, maybe just some initial thoughts from you haven't been able to hear from you since post i know you were down there and hearing uh, all the post game comments obviously a lot of people and and kalani you know addressed it too like we gotta fix something on the defense right now yeah, I mean, uh, I think the biggest thing is that you've got to have a mindset shift. Um, there, there's a lot of players on that defense that uh, they can play, It's and we've seen them do it this season. And for whatever reason, it's week after week, and, and they're being tested, and it's going to take somebody on that defense, a leader to emerge. And um, it's not just you know, how they show up on game day, this is, uh, you know, it, it, it starts now. It starts with their preparation. It starts, you heard um, Kalani talk about just the little things that Cody Epps does day in and day out to prepare himself for these big moments. And I think on the defensive side, you've got to, you, you've got to have a couple leaders that to really rally the group and, and, uh, you know, challenge these players to do more, to do the simple things, to prepare themselves so that when the 
when the time comes, um, they can play cohesively as a group and, and improve because, uh, you know, what we're seeing right now, it's obviously not, um, it, it's not a recipe to continue to win football games, especially here late in the season where it's going to become crucial. Mitch, I mean, uh, of course, you kind of have to protect the sanctity of the sideline, but give a general sense as you walk back and forth. Uh, I mean, you were playing. Give us your sense. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things. I mentioned leadership in, in my last comment. Um, I, I'm not seeing, especially on the defensive side, a player emerged. When I played back in the day, we had we had incredibly vocal leaders. On the defensive side, you had Kainakua, you had Harvey Longi. Um, on offense, you had Jamal Williams, you had Taysom. These were very vocal leaders. And if you find yourself in a in a in a battle like this where you start falling behind, um, those guys were in everybody's faces, and and, and you trusted but them. But not they in were, a bad way, right? In, when in you say that, way. not critiquing, yeah. meaning they're activating them, keeping them engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just not seeing that on this side. You know, you see you see Jaron's leadership, and I think he's he's a fabulous leader, but. Um, it's not his you know, nature, it, is it? it? It's not his nature to come in and start yelling and in a positive way that's going to motivate and, and get something more out of these players. And um, and on the defensive side, I'm just not seeing that. And so, um, yeah, you know, I agree. I think uh, things there's got to be a, a leader emerge or somebody needs to do something, whether that's, again, whether it's on game day or, pr- you know, prior to game day. I'm all about you, you've got to prepare in a way to, to put yourself in a position to compete. And I think what this is telling us right now is maybe their preparation isn't isn't playing to their advantage and giving them the best possibility on game day. So uh, you can chime in, hashtag BYUCNN. You can tweet me at JSN Shep. Uh, this is, uh, I've seen this a couple of times. Uh, this one in from Pam says, if you drop eight and continue to play zone and it's not working, why not shake it up? What are your what are your thoughts on on shaking up maybe the the scheme that the defense is running right now? Take it first, Mitch. Yeah, you know I I think um, I mean these coaches right they they we I think up to this point we've seen a lot of different looks on that defense. Um, they they tried a number of different things right. Riley talked about it frequently. They were in man coverage, um, doing a lot of things, and then you've got to make adjustments. With, Arkansas um, mentioned this uh, briefly in the in the broadcast that KJ Jefferson. I mean, he was he was sitting there, and a lot of times, I mean, he had a lot of time um, to then go find these holes, and they're just wide open receivers down the field. And so, you know, part of that is are we are we leaving gaps? Are we leaving zones? And so maybe you switch it up. And uh, but I, you know, I, I think I saw a good dose or good mix of of going back and forth to see um, what they could have fixed. But overall, when it's when the when um, the offense puts up 640 yards of offense. They were getting torched on the ground through the air. There's, um, it, it, you know, it, at that point, I don't know which set would have made an improvement because they they proved that they could make they could you know gain the gain the yards on the ground, gain the yards through the air, and it was just a, a recipe for for disaster for for the BYU Cougars today. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We've got a lot of people chiming in. Most of the questions are about the defense, and uh, we understand why. Uh, we will uh, we'll take a break, come back and get more of your questions. Plus, we've got our, our trivia question for BYU Creamery, uh, half gallons of ice cream. We'll do that on the other side as well. BYU falls at home, 52-35 to Arkansas. More of BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's join your host, Jason Shepard. 
Shep, along with Riley and Mitch. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. If you'd like to make a comment or ask a question, chime in on Twitter, at JSN Shep. Don't forget, use hashtag BYUCNN so that we can uh, see your comment or question. Uh, this question coming in from Bryant Walker says, How concerned are you with the Cougars' inability to stop the run throughout this season? Is it a matter of the opponent, or does BYU need to do something different defensively? So I've got a little bit of a, hopefully, a perspective-inducing comment. Do you think that, uh, so, Bama loses on the road to Tennessee, 52-49. to 49, Yep. Right? Like, and, and we've heard it from this BYU team, but, like, is Alabama all of a sudden a team that just can't stop the run or they don't have the people or the scheme's not right? No, like from week to week you find yourself in different kind of matchups, but complete teams, whether it just becomes a defensive battle or, or a, a track meet shootout, teams respond in kind and compete, right? And we've heard it. It's a mantra that I hear all the time from Aaron Roderick. I hear it all the time from Coach Sitake. Is like, look, we're going to do what we got to do to win. Well, today, to win, as much as they, yes, they had to stop defense and 52 points has got everybody doing that but like the offense also like okay our d couldn't stop arkansas what was arkansas's d doing to stop our offense and to me i didn't see much i saw self-defeating mistakes without the without the without the fumble on the fourth play fourth and inches play and the the interception that's BYU was carving then, through that defense. Exactly. And then I saw it coming out in the second half, and the the first punt of the second half, I see I'm watching K.J. Jefferson stand in a tight pocket, drift, fade, you know, buy extra time, and it's third and nine, and, I, you know, Jaron – the second he doesn't like his first and second read, the ball comes down to Isaac Rex in the flat for no gain, right? you got to do what it takes to win, and Arkansas was doing what it takes to win. I, uh, so, sorry, look, the defense has, has plenty of issues, but to me, this was a shootout, and the offense needs to shoulder part of the blame for not being able to keep up because well, Arkansas wasn't doing anything to stop them. They were stopping themselves, Mitch. And just a reminder, too, I mean, this Arkansas offense, this is what they do. Coming into this game, they were averaging 233 yards a game on the ground. And prior to the fourth quarter, pr- prior to that fourth quarter when um, it was a Sanders who broke off that 65-yard run, yep. um, it was, I mean, the majority of the yards came through the air. That, up, that's what hurt BYU today was to the that passing point. game. So, I mean, it's uh, this is this is Arkansas. They know how to run the football. This is SEC football. And, um, and uh, I mean, they did what they've done week after week. The, looking at some of the the stats, I, I know the one that Kalani mentioned was you know the turnover battle, but he also mentioned the third down conversions that opponents are are converting against the BYU defense. And today, twelve of fifteen, and look, some of those were were third and long, and they were still able to convert. What, what's I mean? What's the key? I mean, you, you guys obviously, I mean, you guys played. You guys weren't playing on the defensive side of the ball, but I mean. What's what's the what's the key to getting that stop on third down? Is is it is it execution? Because I know Kalani talked about execution and you know aggressiveness, but what's what's the key? Because right now BYU is having a really difficult time getting off the field in third down. Yeah, well, I will tell you, one of them is is 
repetition, you've got to get that feeling of getting stopped. You know, you heard Ben Bywater talk about it in the post-game post press conference. Um, that's how a defense gets off the field. As soon as it, you have to stop on third down, force a punt um, to, to get the ball back. And, and as soon as you start losing that and the defense is just on the field continuously and now it's 10, 11, 12 play drives, um, one defense gets gassed um and two it's just it's discouraging for this defensive unit saying like man we're giving in our all and then all of a sudden they convert on a third down and it's deflating um and so they've got to i mean first off you just you have to get in that position where you are um it becomes just so habitual like uh um, you know bringing it every single third down but for this team i mean once you get in a rhythm it's hard to get out of that so you've got to find a way at all costs to just get out of that rhythm um for you know throw arkansas out of that rhythm to come up with a stop and, and flip the momentum because you know once once you start converting a couple of them they've just they've got all the momentum in the world yeah 12 of 15 i mean that's 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 going to absolutely kill the defense when you're converting at that high of a level where you have where you have 15 opportunities to to stop a team on third down and they convert 12 of them. I mean that's it, it kept drives going and we went over some of the uh, the drive charts. I mean it's it's not like these were like short fields for for Arkansas. I mean 75 75 68 75 75 68 73. I mean they had the ball and we're moving the ball down the field in chunks and, and picking up third downs along the way. So it's, it's obviously something that uh, Kalani uh, had mentioned and a, a uh, focus as, uh, as we head into this game this week at Liberty. All right, should we uh, give away some, uh, some ice cream? Let's All right, let's do the, uh, the trivia question. Two half gallons of delicious BYU Creamery ice cream. We are going to give that away to the first person on my timeline. So, again, at JSN Shep. Or hashtag BYUCNN. In fact, just do both. At JSN Shep and hashtag BYUCNN. First person I see on my timeline with the correct answer to this question is going to get their choice of two free half gallons of BYU Creamery. All right, we've mentioned it. BYU at Liberty next Saturday in the afternoon at Lynchburg. The last time BYU faced Liberty was in 2019 here in Provo. The quarterback of that game was Baylor Romney. There were four touchdown passes thrown in that game. Baylor threw three of them. Who threw the fourth touchdown pass? First person in with the correct answer to that trivia question is going to get two half gallons of BYU Creamery ice cream. We'll get you the winner and wrap up Cougar Nation now on the other side when we come back on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Arkansas 52, BYU 35. Cougars now lost two in a row. Look to snap the two-game losing streak next week at Liberty, which brings us to our BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now trivia question for two half gallons of BYU Creamery ice cream. The question is, when BYU faced Liberty the last time in 2019, it was here in Provo. Baylor Romney was the quarterback. He threw three of the four touchdown passes in that game. Who threw the other? And if we're being honest, the first 
person to chime in with the correct answer was Riley Nelson. And but you did not disclose the answer prior to the question. You did so not. To me, no, no, this is no, fair. But here, that, that's true. You but were I, the first person. <laughs> you were not eligible for the ice cream. Okay, but you are correct. You are correct. I, so, so I am going to appeal my eligibility. <laughs> what is our delay from live here in the box to the listeners in the sound waves? I will give you the fact you did not. You did not. No, like you, as soon as I put out the question, I'll take I was still mint doing, chocolate chip. You were not and getting and the ice cream. You know who is getting the ice cream? Is Scott Goldsmith. Scott Goldsmith knew that the correct answer was Micah Simon. Micah Simon was one for one in that game, a 44-yard touchdown pass to Matt Bushman in that game. So uh, congratulations to Scott Goldsmith. Scott, uh, I will uh, reach out to you uh, via uh, direct message. I will get some information from you, and we'll uh, hook you up with, uh, with that ice cream. Um, obviously, everybody that's chiming in is, is talking about the defense. The, the offense – 35 points. We, we mentioned all of the individual performances, which were fantastic today. And Puka Nakua was, was unbelievable. Cody Epps was great. You know, Jaron Hall set a single season uh, pa- career high in terms of, uh, of passing. I mean, he, he, yes, he had the interception, uh, but BYU on offense had, had, had done enough to be in the mix for this game. Uh, maybe just a, a couple of final thoughts from you guys as, as we kind of get near the end of, uh, of the broadcast. I'll go. F- I'll take this first, Mitch, and then you can bring us back on, on topic a little bit. But if there's if it is any consolation, USC has had three drives, scored three touchdowns, is averaging 13 yards per play on scoring drives of five for 75, nine for 80, and four for 70. So if it's any consolation, the rival up north is experiencing the same thing too. The Trojans are running through the Utes like water. So at least we don't have to suffer in isolation tonight. <laughs> you know what? You would like. <laughs> I like to say it doesn't matter, but it kind of does. It does. It <laughs> makes this sting a little bit less. You, you don't want to be that guy, but we're going to kind of be that guy. guy. So I'm going to own it. Yeah, so yeah. 20- accountability. Coach <laughs> talked about accountability. I'll own. I'll be accountable to the fact that it makes me less sad and even cl- closer to being happy watching the Utes get run and, over and by the And you said Trojans. that Utah's touchdown, by the way, came on a, uh, on a, on a complete bailout. A roughing from the passer, personal foul penalty bailout. that even NFL officials put, were blushing yeah, over. From, from a dude that put his body on the line was taught to, like, you know, stare down the barrel and take the hit and stand in there and deliver the pocket. And I cannot remember a single roughing the pass. I remember one time my head and helmet almost got ripped off on a face mask. They finally uh, threw the flag. But I don't remember ever getting a single roughing the passer call. I think the guy sneezed on Cam Rising. He did three somersaults into the backfield, and they – Gave him 15 yards. So anyway, that, that's that's my final thought. I've moved on from this. I'm on to Liberty. And if this USC you go Utah Bill game, we're on to Liberty. Yeah, on to Liberty. And if this U, USC Utah game continues to go the way that it's gone early in the first half, I'll be a little bit happier uh, at the end of the night than I was when this when the clock kicked ticked to zero here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, Brother Jurgens, your final thoughts? Yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, we did it. And to your previous comment, Jason, you talked about, you know, the offense doing enough to put themselves in a position to win a football game, right? You you score 35 points. Um, yes, you, you have 471 yards of total offense. Offensively, that's a pretty good game. But I think what I want to see, and, you know, we, we talked earlier about the Tennessee-Alabama game. That was 52-49. It was a, it was a you know, back-and-forth match. And, and for this offense, there were still some missed opportunities on 
failed fourth down conversions on some mental mistakes. You know, Kalani talked about um, the the mental mistake of the snap, right? And it wasn't supposed to be a an actual play call. And so there are still things that I think this offense can do where if the defense is struggling, right, you, you've got you've to be that group that says, look, it, you know, despite the struggles, we're going to step up and, and keep us in this ballgame. And there were opportunities that, you know, BYU had to, to further, um, you know, to con- or keep that score a 10-point game, potentially make it a three-point game. And, um, you know, there, there were some, obviously, those failed fourth-down conversions um, and then took BYU completely out of it. So I think I want to see, even if the defense struggles, right, how does the offense respond? Um, there's still some room for improvement on both sides of the ball. All right, that's going to do it for the broadcast tonight. Uh, so I, I know Greg usually, like, you know, we get to the point where when he when he's he wants to, to reference you, you know, he pauses and then you say your name. Are we gonna is that like only with a Greg thing? I think it's thing? a Greg thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> you tonight. can sign off for all of us. Okay, all right, we're not. We're, okay, I didn't know if I needed to keep up with the tradition or if this was like it's a Greg only thing. We didn't get permission beforehand. No prior uh, it's authorization. It's a great point. So we did not ask for permission ahead ne- of time. Next time we'll do it just okay. so we don't step on the the Godfather's toes. Okay. Well, we want to thank everybody back in our BYU Radio Studios. Everybody uh, running the boards, Terry South, all of the interns. I uh, want to thank uh, Clark Jackman and Michael Wimmer helping us uh, engineering here. Uh, and our engineer on site uh, was uh, Barry Squires helping us down at Cougar Canyon earlier today. So for the aforementioned Greg Rubel, who is calling soccer right now. When you're done listening to this, as soon as we sign off, you can go listen to Greg on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, as well as the BYU Radio app, uh, BYU Women's Soccer hosting Portland. Big, big matchup at Southfield in the WCC. So for Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens, my name is Jason Shepard. Your final tonight from Provo, Arkansas, defeating BYU 52-35, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night, everybody. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments, by Les Olson IoT, your office technology partner, by Valhalla Fiduciary, expertise and independence in hedge funds. Also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug. Get double fuel points and free grocery delivery with a boost by Smith's Rewards membership. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.